till this day, my mom will tell you. That's you know, your she brother. Came, yeah, she came. Yeah, she's brother. Day, that's your brother. Right. But I never forget the day. Okay, it was a day when we was doing a show in the Big East. Remember, she walked in. Mm-hmm. She didn't even come to the stage. I wasn't supposed. I hopped out my mom's window oh. once again to go do this. And right? she came. She came. She caught on to it. She came. She knew in advance. She, she let him finish. Yeah. Though. Yeah. She, look, she walked in the door, stood there, and looked me dead in my eye while I was on stage. And she did like that, nodded her head, let me finish, and when I finished, she did this. Let's go. Mm. I left out of there that night, and she walked, she, this is where, why, where I knew my mind, mind was like, you know what, I'ma let this kid, you know what I mean, pursue his whatever dream. his dream. Right, right. Because usually, I would've gotten that call, got and she'd have, BOP! <laughs> Who you playing with? <laughs> you know what I mean? She did not do that, bro. She just rolled home calmly and just said, son, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm praying for you every night. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And from that point on, I think she put in her mind, I'm going to just let him find his, head, find his, his way. way, find his passion, and roll with it. 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 Yes, indeed. Only in New Orleans, baby. It's your boy, Wild Wayne. It's going to jump on shorty. Big boy, we in the new We have the one and only Mr. Mina yes, right. yes. and Kango Slim. And together we make partners in crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, world? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Applause. Big applause, world. Clap. What, what, what's your first memory of partners in crime? Uh, I was on Gertown Park. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I uh, heard these two young cats sing. God damn, this thing good. It's my first time ever biting this damn thing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, pause. But this is my first time eating it. This damn thing is good. This sandwich came from Skip over at uh, Chicken, Chicken and, and Watermelon. watermelon huh? God damn. Yeah. Yes, that's mm-hmm. where it came from. Yeah. The, the, this is damn good. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Go ahead. Let's so, finish so, your story. <laughs> I heard these two cats singing, man. It was Gertown Pulp. Okay. What, like we were playing ball or something. Yeah, we were ball. Like we used to play a lot of ball. I yeah. was a, I was a baller until mm-hmm. I blew my knee out. But it's another story. And um, were heard you a baller, baller? Singing, um, the heroin song. Kid mm-hmm. Yeah. Now when was that? What what year was that? That when? was ninety three, ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, yeah right around in that. Somewhere up in there. We went. We hadn't um, recorded it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so so you just out there? It was just a hood. Yeah, that was just hood. You know, just that was actually. In Girdtown, you know, we had a few friends that, you know, used to do their thing. Right. But it's just like if you're walking through your neighborhood and you know somebody that is, that's on drugs, doesn't mean they're a bad person mm-hmm. or nothing like that. They're just on drugs. You right. know what I mean? Right. And um, <clears throat> I had a guy in my neighborhood that was the same way, and we all knew him. You know what I mean? He was always respectful to us, told right. us to make sure, go home. You know what I mean? Whatever, Mildred, them boys around here. But unfortunately, he was on heroin. Mm-hmm. So we saw him on the porch. We'll joke around and be look at him. He ducking like, give me some hell on, and do that. Right. And you know, he actually used to smile and say, "Y'all get away from him." 
Mm-hmm. But we used to play with them like that, you know, and it's just something that took off around the neighborhood. So when, I, when we first had a chance to record, it just was one of the things that was on my mind. And right. Chuck and it was like, man, just record whatever's on your mind. Okay, I'm going to do this little song we did, you know what I mean, in the and neighborhood. That was, and that was one of your first singles? It wasn't, it wasn't a, a single. It, was, it wasn't a single. It, was we, on it came album. on a Maxi single. Right. We, you know, there was, uh, you know, we had the, the beef thing going on, so they was structuring it around... You know the problem that we had with UNLV. Mm-hmm. So just to add some other elements, you know, besides just putting one song out, let's let's right. let's put three songs out and right. see what they, you know. Because Chuck wasn't really sure what we can do. You know, right. Chuck wasn't trying to structure his label around bounce, bounce music or nothing yeah. like that. He wanted then, to be like the dead rule right. of the South. You know, right. and it was our to, first go around. So he he was like, look, we really didn't have too much material together. Right. It was a lot of okay. things we was rapping in shows where we was just throwing raps and you know and just I, rapping. I got over something the beat. that fit what he's yeah. doing. So when it came time to get in the studio, back to back. Right. yeah. So when it came time to get in the studio, and he said, well, "Okay, here's a big chance. We're gonna put three songs out." Okay, we only got one song we did together, Mike. We gotta hurry up, come up with one, mm-hmm. and then let's throw that little other one in there. Right. You know what I mean? Although we've never done heroin a day in our life, and it's not that we were promoting heroin, mm-hmm. but. Our mindset was once you listen to the song and you hear, I get so spooked out, I do this, do that. Mm-hmm. We felt like it. you wouldn't want to try. We <laughs> felt like, but our young minds, because you got to think, I was 16 at the time. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? 16. Our wow. young minds was thinking that that's how people was going to perceive it when it didn't come across like that. And oh, we totally understand. Oh, oh, right. yeah. oh gotcha. So, right. so most people was thinking, we was promoting. oh, they're promoting hell. And we was like, no, man, why would you want to feel like that? But it was like, wait a minute, guys. We see what y'all was trying to do, but you didn't deliver it that way. Right, 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 right. You know, your little young 16-year-old mind, now you need to learn the power of your tongue. That's what was told to us once we told this same story to someone. Mm -hmm. They said, now you know the power of your tongue. Use it. Early lessons. Use it the right way. Now, you say this was in in 93. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When... First off, tell me where you guys are actually from. We know you're from New Orleans. Right. Wayne yells all the time he's from the Seven Ward. I'm mm-hmm. from Shrewsbury. Where, where are you guys actually from inside the city of New Orleans? I'm from Gertown, 17 Ward, Carrollton. Okay. Born I'm, raised I'm from every, all of them. All everywhere. of them. But so, listen, Holly Grove, bro, like, is where I, I claim Holly Grove because Holly Grove is where, you know, I got defined that, meaning, like, I understood. Like, I still use things that I learned in Holly Grove as the man I am today. Some of the, 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 the uh, mentorship that I got from some of the street guys, I still stand on that law, and that, 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 that's in me to the day. So I, I claim Holly Grove, even though I lived in the Magnolia, the St. Thomas, the East, you right. know what I'm saying? I, I claim Holly Grove because it's Holly Grove is where I really got defined at, at who I want to be. So you lived in, in several projects around there? Yeah, I, lived, mm-hmm. I was born in the St. Thomas, you know, with, with my grandmother and mom, and then my mom got her project in the Magnolia. I lived on Josephine, left Josephine, and we moved to Holly Grove. Okay. So when I lived in Holly Grove, that's, that's where I got you know, understanding. They gave me rules. Like, don't go tell your mama. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, right. you, you know, you phony if you go tell your mama that, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I started getting understanding now because I was like the oldest, you know, like I'm my mama's oldest boy. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't have a father in the house. So I don't have a mentor. So my mentors was guys on the street. Right. So I learned from righting wrongs from what I saw you know, what they stood on as right or wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's the story of so many people. Right. Whether it be New Orleans or just inner cities of metropolis around the country. Right, right. Like the the absence of a father quite often or uncle or what have you. 
leads a lot of these young young kids to get it right. out the street. Right. I you thought know, it was right. a normal thing. Like, either you just know. to make a young a young male feel macho. I mean, I lost my father due to the military. My dad died in the military. Oh, okay. When I was like uh, four, yeah. four years old. Where was he? Where, you know where he was stationed? I can't remember. But uh, my so, mom told me, you know, the whole thing, but I can't remember at this point where he was stationed. But he died when I was four years old. So I grew up in a single parent household, you know, with my mom. Mm -hmm. And although my father wasn't there, <clears throat> I still had a sense to feel macho. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because right. I see my mom and my sister doing these things, and I'm I'm out here as a, a young male. You know what I mean? My right. sister's older than me. Mm -hmm. And, of course, my mom and my sister are bonding. Right. You know what I mean? And hey, you, you on that I island. Mean, as a man, I'm on that island. Right. I'm trying to, you know what I mean, be, you know, more macho. Macho, man. So, which Masculine. means, you know, my mom was a good mother. She provided everything I wanted. Mm -hmm. But me being a rebellious male in right. the house with right. two females, mm -hmm. I wanted to go out and do the things that I saw as well, man. Look, man, we... Going out here, do whatever it is, you know what I mean? As men to make ourselves right. feel, you know, bad, you know, or macho. Were you guys individual artists who put y'all yeah, together? We, How yeah, did y'all come together? Individual. Was individual. I was, I was doing right. gong shows. Right. Uh, I enter pretty much in, you know, like I come in the game off of gong shows, you know what I'm saying? Um, and for those that don't know, Bobby Marchand did a yeah. series of gong shows, which were opportunities for mm -hmm. young artists to get on stage. In front of a crowd that could be either very loving or very hostile. Right, right. right. It's the Apollo of New Orleans. Yes, Apollo yes. Sandman and everything. Was, mm -hmm. And, and uh, Bobby was the Mr. Sister. Yeah. Right, the Mr. Sister. The Mr. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Were you always misdemeanor? Uh, well, I had, uh, before I was misdemeanor, um, I was Kid Swift. Okay. You know, I come from like, like loving hip uh, 80s rap, uh, Run DMC. Uh, LL Cool J stuff like that. So I had uh, actually Kid Swift was Frankie, uh, the Screwdriver, Insane. Mm -hmm. That was his rap name at first. But you know, I moved out of Holly Grove and I moved to the East, and I was like, you know what? He ain't on rap. I'm Kid Swift. <laughs> Kid Swift. Straight so you jacked, jacked the man jacked. out of his land. Jack Frankie. I, I, mean, I ain't gonna say I jacked it. I just stole it. So I used it for a little while. So I did that for a minute, and um, I, I was in a group with a guy named Curl. And uh, we called ourselves CCKS, Cool C and Kid Swift. And he was a militant uh, kind of rapper. He was like a fight the power type dude. Like, uh, you know, uh, he come from Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Black Panther type stuff. And, you know, I kind of went with that. That was cool for a minute. And then... Um, Did y'all record? No, we didn't record. That. We I just was say, doing, I want, I want just was doing talent shows okay. like that, like high school talent shows or whatever, you know, but that didn't work. You know, that we probably did that for a year. And then, um, but I, you know, I was already bit by the bug from some stuff way in the 80s that happened when I went to Raising Hell concert. Mm -hmm. I went to Run DMC Raising Hell concert with some of the guys out of Holly Grove. That had to be at the... That was in 85. That had to be at the... Uh, that had to be at the... Uh, that was in the auditorium. Auditorium. Yeah, that was auditorium. Yeah, that was auditorium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Over by... Uh, yeah, my yeah, yeah, I was in there with you. We went to that. Yeah. I saw the crowd go crazy. I saw them do my Adidas. I saw them put their shoe up. Eli production. and I, Yeah, Eli did that. Mm -hmm. Ghost. Ghost. You know what I'm saying? Ghost Town. So once they did that, I was like... I was gone. I was like... This is for me. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Like, because right. I saw the power in it. And I just saw everybody put your Adidas shoe up. And it was just like, damn, I want to do that. Like, this, this, you know, I want to rap. Because breakdancing was in before rapping. Like, they mm -hmm. didn't really have rappers. 
you know, that we knew. You know, even though they had like Tim Smooth, Buzz Downs and all those, we thought those guys was already national yeah. artists. We didn't even know they was from our city. Right, right. Maybe because they was from the West Bank or whatever, we didn't right. really know that they was a part of New Orleans culture. So breakdancing was in it. So we, we was doing breakdancing. When I went to that concert, I wanted to rap. Like it, it, you know, the so break you were breakdancing and you saw the rap and you were inspired. And like, I was inspired just from one well, show. When I first met him, he had told me that he had a dream of doing uh, a song like Run DMC when they held up the Adidas, and that's the reason why we made it. I got, got Gucci's. Mm. Ah. And people don't know that's that's how that song came about. Huh? He wanted to experience that feeling. So when we first recorded the song. And we first had a chance, our chance to perform it was in a Riverboat Hallelujah. So he was like, man, hold up, Kango, stop, stop. And I'm like wondering what he's about to do. He took his shoe off and he said, I want everybody in here with a pair of Gucci's on to put your shoe what? in the back. And dude, did it, the whole place did it, dude. <laughs> and I was looking like, okay, that's off his bucket list. He got it, like, you know? But, <laughs> but Mina, you, you are you musically inclined. Yeah, mm -hmm. I played in the band. Um, that's what I'm saying, so for, it's a natural progression. Huh? Yeah, I played mm -hmm. for Fauchier, um, you know, shout out, rest in peace to Bremer, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Elijah Bremer, you know, mm -hmm. he took me in and, um, Showed me how to play the trumpet. They, they try to make me play clarinet, but once I sit in the section and saw girls, I was like, I'm not doing this. You know, so I came back <laughs> and I said, man, be honest bring this clarinet girl. back. And he was trying to sell me on it because Brim was like, I play flute. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not sitting I'm in the city and play that woodwind. Play this woodwind. I'm going. I won't be over there. Well, see, I play trumpet. Well, see, like, 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 you know, we we have a lot in common. I play trumpet too. Okay. Okay, but I, I didn't like the trumpet, you know. Uh, it was cool, but it messed your lip up a lot. I didn't really like that. So I wanted to be in a drum section, so I wanted to play cymbals. I couldn't make uh, full shit. Uh, I was buku small, man. Like, you know, if you'd have saw me in the ninth grade, you'd have thought I was in the sixth grade. Right, you know what I'm right, saying? I was right. a small kid, and them dudes look like grown men at full Peers, you know what I'm saying? They just look grown, and um, I wasn't, you know, gonna be able to make that section. So mm. when I left high school, from when I left uh, Reed, I mean, um, Foshi, I wound up going to Sarah T. Reed, and it was a brand new school, so they was just looking for everything to be new. So I, I got on cymbals there and became section leader, and, and I played cymbals, you know. Right. When the sudden was, was that the natural progression? Uh, from you guys linking up once you he played went to Sarah Reed. Yeah, he played I the played band in the too. band too. You, that's, were, you that's were at Reed too, right? I was at Reed. I was at Abe first. Okay. So I played at Abe. Then I left Abe and I went to Reed. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Reed, um, everybody knew me for, you know, doing the rapping in the gyms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, once I got there, I, I got into the band. I played tenor drum. And everybody used to tell me about a dude that went there like a year or two before me named Mike. Like, and mm -hmm. it was like, man, he, you know, he ruled this school in uh, rap. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was like, okay. So one day we was in the gym, we all rapping, and we have a friend of ours by the name of Dejan that actually grew up in Holly Grove mm -hmm. as well. And I knew him and he knew him. Dejan right. used to actually date my sister during these times. So during that time, me and Mina never knew each other, but Dejan knew both of us. Right. You know what I mean? This right. was our that younger was years friend. as kids. You know, Dejon was in Girtown and he was in Holly Grove. Grove. He just yeah. ride his bike to the other side. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. I play with Walter and then, then I go right back to the other side. I'm, I'm with Mike and him, you know? Right. So uh, once we got to read um, and I was rapping in the gym, Dejon was like, man, I know that dude Mike they talking about, man. Mike from Holly Grove, like, bro. So we had another friend named Gary Gnu. He used to try and be a rapper and, you know, challenge me. <laughs> so Gary was- uh, I think he, he wasn't very good. He was okay. He, was he had right. a song he that we right. liked. He was all with right. With the bouquet of flowers. Yeah, Every yeah. time he rapped it, it used to like 
We used to rock off it. Like, you know what I mean? We used to rock off it. So anyway, uh, me and Gary challenged so I beat Gary. And after when I beat him, he said, man, I'm going to call my partner Mike here and you're going to challenge him. And he said, after that, he going to beat you up. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, Dijon, you throwing them hands, Mike? So, so, Dijon, yeah, so Dijon was laughing at him. And Dijon like, man, Mike ain't nothing like that, man. Mike from Holly Grove. So I, I think it was that same day. It was the next day. I mean, that, next, well, that same that day same I came day, around there. He came around there. And I was actually getting on the bus. And they had told me how he looked already. They said, man, you're light-skinned dude. He be wearing animals, you know, whoop, whoop, whoop. So I'm getting on the bus one day, and I look off the bus, and sure enough, he's standing right there by the bus stop. He had on a little green uh, guest jacket with some yellow animals. He had the little hat on. So I said, all right, that must be the cat. Like, you know what I mean? So did you not want to get off the bus? No, my bus was already rolling. No, he just saw me on the bus. I just saw him while I was on the bus. But you said my good thing for him, You know what I mean? I wasn't, they, he didn't even know me by that time. That was false. Like, I wasn't, you know. I wasn't humbuggish. I was I was I was I was a uh a guy that uh had a, I was a red dude with a small man complex. Yeah, so I fought I fought because I felt violated. I right. don't have I didn't have a big brother, didn't have a daddy, so my right. thing was to earn a name for right. myself by you know, I ain't gonna take no stuff. So and I was, was a little. What's yeah. crazy? But I wasn't humbuggers. I wasn't looking for. It. I just was more on a defensive, like you know. Was so. When did the magic happen? The magic so happened, uh, so, so to speak. Then the next day after I saw him on the bus, the next day I was uh, in band class, my seventh period, and I was outside playing a T drum because I couldn't play it inside. And he had walked up and he said, "See, man." Your name, they call you Kango? And I was like, yeah. He was like, man, they told me that you rap, bro. He said, I'm Mike. He said, I went there last year. I graduated. He like, I'm in college. I go to, you know, Delgado at the time or whatever. And he was like, man, look. He told me you're good. He said, what you doing? I'm like, I'm in seventh period band. I'm outside the band room. I went and put my T-drum up. I said, all right, seventh period. We about to get out of here. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So he said, well, look, I'm about to go walk to the store and grab something to eat. So I said, well, look, I'm going to take the walk with you. So on this walk, we talking, he like, say, bro, I don't really know how good you is, but I know, you know, they told me that you good. He said, but I be doing these gone shows. He said, I probably could get you in. You know what I mean? Sneak you in the little gone show and stuff if you want, you know, come in and rap with me. He said, they make a lot of money from it. Like, you know, he like, we be making like $500. We could split the pie if you won't do it. So I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, well, damn, I know my mom ain't gonna let me go do this. Right, you know what right, I'm right. saying? <laughs> I already know she ain't gonna let me do this. So on the way to the store, he was like, man, come on, let's kick some rhymes. So he started rapping. And when he finished rapping, I'll bust a verse. But everything that we did, it was coinciding with each other. It worked. It was yeah. like, damn. It was like we, like, like, almost like we wrote it together. Like we wrote it together, like, you what, know? What year was this? This is like, 92. man, 92. 92. Yeah, probably not, about 92. 92. Yep, 92. I graduated in 91, 91, so yeah, it was 92. Okay. Now, so 92. Were you doing melodic rap then? Yeah. 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 So you were That's already, what really caught him. I was like, man, this dude cold. I really caught him. Because, you know, back then I used to be, you know, then you and LV, they never in the pain, you know. Then, you know, it was a different, totally different, yeah. different little yeah, style. Melody, like, you know from, I mean? from the beginning. And what I was more, like, amazed by was, I said, uh, like, like he ain't have to, you know, he ain't right. Right, everything, like everything was in his head. You know, like people wow. were saying, Jay Z yeah. was the first person they knew that didn't write raps or Lil Wayne. I'm like, man, Kango was the first dude I knew that didn't write it and remember the melody to it. Right, right. I right. thought that was even more complicated because it wasn't just a rap. It was like he got to know how to sing it and deliver it. And he was he was, he was just dope, right. bro. And so we after that walk to the store, he told me he said, man, they got a gong show 
in New Orleans East. It was the old what club Atlas. Right. It's where uh Bobby Marshall. It's a funeral home now, right? It, it used to be by service Atlantis. merchandise. Yeah. Atlantis. 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 Used to be by service uh, merchandise. Off the service road. Yeah, yeah. On the service road. So right. I'm already next standing, to the church. Right, right. Yeah. Next to the church, right there. It's a funeral home now. So uh Bobby Marshall was throwing a gong show there. So he was like, man, if you can make it here on this day, bro, you know, we could go in and try and, you know, make it happen. So anyway, I go home. I'm like, man, I'm not even about to ask my mom. What can I go do? <laughs> you already know she ain't going to yeah, let you Yeah, yeah. So you know what? He told me it's going to happen close to about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. You know what I mean? Come out there. Whoop, whoop. Mom's getting in bed early. She's going to be in bed by 8.30. You know what I mean? So my mom getting in bed, and it's just me being a rebellious child, man. And I love my mother. My mother was a great mom to me. You know what I'm saying? But just me being a rebellious child, I felt like it was something that I needed to do. So I hopped out the window. Mm. You know what I mean? Got on my bike and rode straight up Reed, bro. You know what, what? I mean? <laughs> to Club Atlas, yeah. And you know how you cross under the bridge right where the Walmart used to be at? You got to mm -hmm. cross under there? Yeah. I crossed under right there and left my bike right under there. Right. So I walk up the service road to Club Atlantis. Bobby Marshan at the door might say, all right, come on, we about to get in. So he go first. His thing was always, just let me go first and then I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm Try and get I'm you in or whatever. Right, I'm you know what I mean? I'm going to work it. So anyway, we get into the door. Bobby Marshan sitting at the door with his leg crossed. You know Bobby. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Mr. He's sister. like, yeah, man, we going to come. We trying to, you know, register to get in the thing. He was like, all right. He looked up at him. He gave him his ID. He was like, all right, you know. And I'm like, man, damn, I forgot my ID. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, right, right. but not, little did I know I'm playing this on Bobby Marshan, dude. Right. This is this dude is like, you know what yeah, I mean, a know, musical historian in the city. It, like he's been in the game for a long yeah, time. Right, but at this time I had no idea. You know what I mean? He was just great. a young, he was yeah, super it's a green. young, young Kango, you know. So he's like, uh-uh, you're not getting in here without an ID. Whoop, 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 whoop. So Mike like, man, please let him in. We just want, you know, enter the contest. You know, he's 17, but ooh, and he looking at me like, you know, I'm like, damn, man, he ain't about to get in. So anyway, we was about to leave. We were standing in the parking lot. He was like, damn, bro, I wanted to get you in to do the thing with me. Then Bobby said, hold up. He said, come here. He said, look, I'm going to walk y'all in here. Do your and thing. Do your thing. He said, but when y'all get in here, you stand by the DJ booth and do not move from by that DJ booth right. until it's time for you to rap, right? Yeah. So we standing by the DJ booth. We came up there, time for us to put our name down there. We put Mike and Walter down, Bobby Marshall and Lab. And he was like, Mike and Walter. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> about to get gone for y'all with us. Right, right, right. We were no group or nothing. Right, there no group. We had no name. So he's like, no name, man, right. Mike and Walter, like, he just put it down. Like, so anyway, we entered the contest. We didn't win. Okay. But when we left out of there, Bobby said, man, they had people that liked y'all, man. They was dancing, you know what I mean, to what y'all was doing. So, you know, y'all keep it up, you know. So anyway, we kept it up. Kept doing the same thing, man. I was hopping out of windows, going to do gong shows. Me and him had started winning, you right. know, after a while. And started. that's when we came up with the Partners in Crime name once we made it to the Big Easy gong mm -hmm. shows. Mm -hmm. you know, because at that point, we couldn't, you know. You know, if for loyal listeners of the Wild Wayne Unchained podcast, mm -hmm. we've referenced Bobby Marchand quite a few times. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. In, in the history of New yeah, Orleans, played, in the musical history of New of, Orleans. He played right, that kind right. of, um, you know, so, I mean, you hear legends on this yeah. podcast speaking, and they're speaking of legends. So that, that kind of right. ties everything in. I, yeah, I'm man, always it was a good... disappointed that he never really got his entire shine. Right, right. Right. I, I was watching uh, Eddie Murphy's movie. Dolomite. Uh, the, the, my name is Dolomite. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, for many years, Bobby managed Rudy Ray Moore. Right. Um, I just remember him doing the gong shows. Right. I used to go sit in his office and just... Dude. Like soak up game because right. like there would be people trying to book cash money early, early, early yeah, cash yeah, money from right. around the country. Right. And right. I, I think I said this in the previous episode, but they'll call and they'll be trying to short him mm. or short cash money. He'd hang up in their face. Right, right. right. Like yeah. it, to me, it was, a, it was a lot of money at a that lot time. Of money, but and Bobby, hang up in their face. And you know what? They'll call back with They'll call right, right back right. with their mind, with right, right, with an right. extra flight or something. Right. Dude, once we got to the big boy record standpoint, which I'm going to go back in a second about what we was talking about, but when we got to the big boy record standpoint, Bobby still became sort of our manager. Right. Mm. Like, because after we stopped doing the gong shows, we didn't see Bobby for a long time mm-hmm. until we signed a deal with Big Boy. And then they walked us straight into Bobby's office, and Bobby was like, There they go. Yeah, there they go. Mike in Mike So tell me this. Uh, so y'all doing the gong shows. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all starting to get some sparks, starting to get a little friction. Right. You know, what, what, what who, who, who was coming at you? What, any record labels? Any, well, any, this, any locals? Well, this, this, this is how it was going. I was doing the gong shows. Can't go make some, don't make some, make some, you know, because mm-hmm. of his situation, yeah, right. right? So, Sporty T, bro, you know. Rest uh, in peace. Terrence, mm-hmm. man, you know, my dude. My he, dude. He, was, he, was, he was just, like, I had beat him. Like, one time I had went, did one at, uh, it was at the Big Easy, and, um, 35 had a little graduation party in there, and uh, I, I, I had a girlfriend that went to 35, so everybody knew me. So Sporty was in it, I was in it, I won. So Sporty was like, man, this dude, you know, you won. He was like, look, bro, I like you. Like, he was like, look, I'm gonna bring you, you know, I'm, where you work at? Or, you know, how can I get in touch? I said, come to my job, I was working at Swagman. Right. He come to the job. He come get me. He was like, what time you get off? Like 4.30, he came back and got me. He said, look, tonight I'm going to bring you the Diamonds and Pearls. That was out there in Slidell. Slidell? Mm-hmm. I used to host that some night. Mm-hmm. Come on, I, mean, I probably hosted it that night. You probably did, boy. Oh. <laughs> you know, I so I go out there. I didn't, I, I, you know, I didn't win or whatever. So, you know, he was just like, don't worry about that, bro. I'm going to help get you a deal. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, I was, like, loyal to, like, like Sporty had knew me, but he didn't know Kango. Yeah. I was like, listen, bro, I got another dude I rap with. Mm-hmm. You just got to hear him, like, or whatever. So, you brought me to Big boy, I rap for Chuck. Chuck was like, man, this dude the wackest dude I ever heard. <laughs> Don't never bring him back. Around. That's what he said? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was nervous, though. I was like, you know, because you're like, man, this the dude. He about to start a record label. We about to do some big things. I want you to rap for him. So I went rap for him. I probably did Roddy Roll it or something. He was like, man, that dude whack. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, don't never bring him back around me. Wow. So Big Boy was established already? Well, he was building it. He He was was about to start. Like, meaning like he was looking for artists. He was recruiting talent. He he had maybe Black Minutes and he had Sporty T. What about Trey no, yeah, I don't think he had played in nothing like that. But he later. had Black Menace and he had Sporty T, right? Mm-hmm. And um and Sporty, G Slim. And probably G and G, yeah, Slim. G Slim. So he was just like trying to build his, you know, about to get his thing moving or whatever. I guess they was going through getting the paperwork straight or whatever may be the case. And they was doing like a talent search thing. So when 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 Cash Money, you know, Cash Money was doing the um the, the Big Easy thing too. They had did the little talent search, search. thing and for heavy a minute. Used to, uh, and Heavy host. was the host. Big yeah. Heavy. Big yeah, heavy. Big Heavy. But DJ Ryan was the DJ back then. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once uh-huh. they finished that, they wind up, uh, Big Boy did a night in there for, for, for this particular night. So Sporty was like, listen, bro, I know what he said. Because I was like, man, I ain't messing with that dude. You know what I'm saying? He was like, look, bro, he don't know what y'all do. Like, he don't know how y'all be rocking this crowd, bro. Come open up, you know, the show and he gonna see. So we went, man. did the Big Easy thing. I mean, yeah, and tore it up. Chuck so, was like, "Y'all did ride and roll it." 
Yeah, we yeah, did. We, we did. The, I think we did the UNLV. We did the UNLV, we did UNLV song. song. We did all that. So, so you pussy like that? Yeah, because we had did a song. Uh, the U is for unknown. Unknown. We right, did that right. song. Like because right before that, maybe a week or two before that, we they had, had the dissed us. Right. Cash Money asked us to come open up for UNLV. Right. Because right. we didn't sign. You know, Baby wanted to sign Signers. us. We didn't sign with them, and that's when they came out with the. Well, they had a showcase that was gonna happen that week. Mm -hmm. When they asked us to sign and we said we wouldn't sign. So they was like, okay, since y'all not going to sign, we still want y'all to perform at our showcase at the Big Easy. Big right. Easy. Could so y'all come open up could for UNLV? Come open up. We were like, so yeah, we'll do it. Once we got there to open up, me and Mike just thinking, okay, we just going to open up, get us a little bit more exposure. We did and Ride and Roll mm -hmm. We did Ride and Roll You know, they said, that, in that song, they said, I got the colors fitted up with the trues and Vols. I got the colors fitted up with the trues and Vols. You know, that's so what I used to So they come on after us and it was like, everybody's jocking UNLV style. And they pointing at me and Mike. You're bragging to your boy about your trues and Vols. And they were pointing, I was like, wow, they're oh, like this. Oh, yeah. oh, all right. They so set us up. We go home. Shots. I couldn't even sleep that night. Shots fired. Shots I couldn't fired. even sleep. Bow, I called Kango four in the morning. Right. Look, we're going to change the definition of their name. Mm. The U is for unknown. And I told him, what, he was like, all right, write your part. I'm going to write my part. That weekend, they had a party in there. Right. And it was a lot of uptown and east. You know, it was both sides, uptown and east. You know what I mean? Right. It was in the building. So y'all were partners in crime now. We were the partners in crime. Yeah, 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 we had made the name already. We had yeah. made the name made already, the name right? right? Partners in crime is there. So in that party, UNLV was supposed to rap. We wasn't supposed to rap. But by the time we got there, DJ Ryan and um, Roll Brother um, uh, Action Jackson, Jackson, Jackson was in the building, right? And you could actually hear action in the owner. Uh, oh, we had the recording yeah. from that. We had the right. recording from that night. Yeah, we got the raw recording. Yeah, we got the raw recording. You can hear it was like. I mean, with the. I mean, Brian. Brian recorded it on a on a cassette tape. And he and, and he and he he dumped it down. So now dumped we have it. it. So like, now yeah. we actually have it. Right. Break that down, DJ. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. My name is Kango Slim and I'm a act a little crazy That's because I used to rob because my mother never, never gave me. me Now that was way back in 1985 Now I'm fucking 93 and I got through jump I got them animals with the stripe on the soul Come and roll, come and fit it up with trues and bows these hoes out here trying to play a nigga slick Always trying to label niggas as motherfucking tricks Like a bitch named Tasha who loves to fuck You always hear a nigga tell a slide, ride and giddy up That this dog hoe loves to fuck all night I told that bitch come round my dick, come round my dick like a bike Ride and roll it, roll it, ride it, ride and roll it Come on, come on, pop that thing Shake the twerk, the bounce, the ride and roll it Come on, come on, come on, pop that thing you know what I mean? It was our first actual recording what? in Partners in Crime. Yeah. Wrong, so wrong. anyway, we got the mic. And when we got that microphone, bro, we just started it off. The U is for unknown. Un and the crowd went to, it was looking like, I know they're not about to diss them while they in here like right. What? And it just happened. like uh -huh. You know what I mean? And right after we got off the mic, UNLV also grabbed the mic. And they did their thing, but it was an epic night, like you know right, what I mean. Yeah, but that that's where it all. That's, that's where the, that's where the problem with that kicked yeah. off at, like right. pretty much, you know. Right. That's how so, brothers. So today, once though. Big Boy had heard us, you know, once we came back and did that song again, you know, now now we know like people love this song, so we did that song, we did Ride and Roll or whatever. Right. Chuck was like, "Look, bro, 
Monday, come to my come office. Over. Come, yeah. come, come to the studio. We're we gonna need try to this out. Yeah, we're gonna meet with the lawyers. All right. So, did you not want to fool with him? Since Man, I wanted to, I wanted to deal. You know right. what I'm saying? Because I had just closed. It. I just, out. I had just said I wasn't gonna do the deal with Cash Money. So, with me not doing the deal with Cash Money, I had promised Kango. Listen, listen, bro. They like you. They don't really like me, right? I'm yeah, they were honest. trying to. They were trying to separate us. Cash Money was like, look, That's we heard of, we ask. heard of him. Before we heard they you, because they, they heard me on DJ Pee Wee tape. Right. Yeah, Pee Wee had that fire. Yeah, right. I made a tape with Pee Wee mm-hmm. in the early 90s. This was probably like 90, 91. You right. know what I mean? So I had a song on there where I was going, bang, bang, big, a little, ooh, ooh, ah. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Right. So Cash Money had got wind of that tape. So they was like, we heard him on this tape. We wanted so him. So we wanted him. Anyway. Anyway. So we're going to separate y'all. You know what I mean? Because we heard you by yourself. Because we heard you did. by yourself. The right? Which they did. Yeah, right. So, in that sense, me and me already pretty much had a bind because of our school walk and our school talk. Mm-hmm. Plus, we had been already into gong shows as a team. We was getting money. Right. You know what I mean? Come on, dude. I, I probably we was winning every, We was winning it. Right. I probably every was 15. Right. Then, 15 walking around with $1,000 in my pocket just from a gong show think about your 15 year old doing that right now right not possible and you were sneaking out the window and I was sneaking out the window <laughs> right. doing it y'all you know had what I mean a, y'all had and a once, once again it's not because I come from a broken home well, you was following it's because your I was following my passion and being a rebellious kid I like to say that because most people say oh he wouldn't have been doing that if he was my child you don't know what your child did when you were asleep or right. if he hopped out your window, whatever he did. You know what I mean? Or I, whatever it was. Ooh, but it had I nothing. I a lot of things. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I like to state that because <laughs> I did not come from a broken home because my father wasn't there or nothing like that. But you, you know, know what? We had, a good, we had a good life. You on, know? On, a bigger, on a bigger level, on a higher plane, uh-huh. like the book is written. Right. It's written. Like it I is. always say that. And and. Somebody else's parent probably would have did it a different way. Right. But your mama slept that night on purpose. purpose. Yeah, yeah, it was man. a part of the book. There you go, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it was written right. already. Part of the Somebody might have jumped out that window Look. and not ever made it back home. Look, this is right. the good but part, you, though, Wayne. But your, your Look, role was, this, was there. It's this crazy. is the good part about it all. My mom, of course, she comes up in the 60s, 70s. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? She didn't, she, they wasn't into all that rap. When rap no. came out, it was just like it's some of us, a, it's, it's like some of us today, when we listen to the uh, the younger generation, we're like, oh, that's poo. We can't say that, man, because our parents were saying rap was poo, period. Right. right and right. look at what happened to us. So you have to respect you know people's and, craft, and, and their parents say R and B would R and B would never right. last. Yeah, and their so, parents said soul yeah, was and it just the evolves and keeps evolving. Yeah. But my mom actually thought. When I introduced her to Mike, I was that he was influence. a bad influence. Right. You know what I mean? Because he was a little older than me and he mm-hmm. was doing other things. And here it is, her child at 15 uh, talking about going rap with this guy that he met. At a nightclub. You know what I mean? At a nightclub that's mm-hmm. older than him. You know what I mean? You're too young to be doing this. Path, right. You're leading him down the wrong path. I'm not, I don't want him to go down this path. I want him to go down this path. You know? Mm-hmm. But she little did she know, actually, he was there more for my help than anything because even when I was doing messed up stuff, you know, in my younger years, he was able to even catch me and say, man, what are you doing? Boy, don't do that. You know what I mean? One of the reasons that brought me to the gong shows was because I was trying to go down that path and he was like, dude, you can make money doing gong shows. Right. Down that path as in hustle? Hustle. Yeah, thinking about hustling and wanting to be, wanting at least wanting 
to portray that image. Right. Like I mean, I'm at, a, at 15 years old, that's what goes through. Yeah, 15, you know, 16. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough guy. I'm gonna make money. I'm gonna make money. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna do this. this. Gonna make I'm, a, a million. I'm gonna make a million dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Being a hustler. Look at this guy. Look at him on. He got that nice car. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And it actually changed my perspective once I began making money doing something you else. You know, I've known you guys for so many years. Uh, and it's really interesting because y'all were kind of referring to this in maybe a radio interview that we did more recently. Like, your bond is not just two artists. No. Yeah, we're no, it's it, than that. It's, for you to say, like, he was like, you know, bruh, don't do that. Yeah. Like, as two peers. Yeah. Kind of almost like, and I thought y'all was the exact same age, but. Mm-mm. Four years different. Four years different. Like, you kind of you held a different position in this because you were kind of. Guiding his path too, right, like right, kind of right, right. as an older brother, like right, dude, brother right, you know. Right, right. Until this day, my mom will tell you that's well, your she brother. came. Yeah, she's <laughs> Mike, she'll your tell you, that's your brother. Right. But I never forget the day. Okay, it was a day when we was doing the show in the Big E's. Remember, she walked in. Mm-hmm. She didn't even come to the stage. I wasn't supposed. I hopped out my mom's window oh. once again to go do this. And right? she came. She came. She caught on to it. She came. She, she knew in she, advance. She, she let him finish. Yeah, though. yeah. She, look, she walked in the door. Stood there and looked me dead in my eye while I was on stage. And she did like that, nodded her head, let me finish. And when I finished, she did this. Let's go. Mm. I left her out of there that night. And she walked. She, this is what, why, where I knew my mind, mind was like, you know what? I'm going to let this kid, you know what I mean? Pursue Follow his whatever dream. his dream. Right, right. Because usually I would have gotten that call Should've and she'd have, BOP! <laughs> right. Who you playing with? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Leave out my window. You know how it is, like, and she did not do that, bro. She just rolled home calmly and just said, "Son, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm praying for you every night." Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And wow. from that point on, I think she put in her mind, "I'm gonna just let him find his, yeah, find his way, find his passion, and roll with it." And then when I finally, you know, became an adult, right? And she got a she she was able to see me, you know, like you know, follow my kids and. See how I was able to raise them, you know, put them in decent homes. You know what I mean? All right. of this from music. She actually came to me and said, son, I'm so sorry I ever doubted you in the beginning. And she said, I wow. am so proud of the man you have become and how you and Mike right. have took, huh. you know what I mean, this and turned it into a career. Wow. So, you know what so, I mean? so let me ask this. What did you see, Mike? What, what you did mean? you see? What did you see that, I saw, that made you step, reach out and say, hey, you don't need to be doing this? I saw talent. I, I saw talent, and I saw that this guy could be something. I was just amazed with his talent. And I, I'm like that not only with Kangle, just with artists and period. It's still a part of me. Mm-hmm. That's how I come across the BTYs, the Andre Perkins. You know what I'm saying? That's how I can see a C. Smith, S. 80, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, I, I, um, I just love talent. Like, you know what I'm saying? And when I see it, I just try to... You know, so, you know, push it like to the level like, man, you good. You could be this, like, mm-hmm. you know, like or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's just been a part of me since Lil. But but besides the professional aspect, the personal aspect is what I'm getting at. What did you see in him as a person? I mean, we know he's I, talented. I saw me, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw me. You know, Kango well, yeah, Sagittarius. Kango yeah. is birthday. Me and Kango eight, four years four and years eight days apart. apart. Yeah. Mm. 
His birthday December eighth, my birthday December sixteenth. Right. I saw myself in him, like right. you know, you know. I didn't like I said, I didn't have a big brother. So when I see him, I see where he's trying to go at. We the same sign. We got some of the same mentality, right. the same ways. So yeah. when I see certain things he do, I'm like, you don't have to do that, bro. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? I know you. Like right. you know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to do that, you right. know. So I, that's that's the part that I right. attacked in him. You know what I'm saying? See, and I don't have a big brother either. I'm the oldest. Right. Wayne is my big brother. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I remember many a nights, mm -hmm. many a Days Wayne would be like, "Say, bro, right, right, bro, right, you gotta chill. right. We need that. What chill. are you doing? You need to like, say, bro, hold it's balance. Look." It's balance amongst friends. You know, these me. days you don't have a lot of people that actually will tell their friend the truth, whether right or wrong, right. and still stick by their side like a man and be like, dude, it, you was wrong as, I mean, shit for that, bro. Yeah. Well, but we look, I'm gonna stand by you, but you gotta do something to make it, you know what I mean? To make it right or whatever I, I, honest, it is. You know? Honesty is almost a lost art today, right, man. It is. Right? It we is. done had it out. Yeah. We, we, we've 40 I mean, years of friendship and we didn't. We didn't had it out before yeah. to the point to where people actually thought, you know, we was about to fight. Like, you know, I never forget the time we was outside the studio by Juve yeah. and they had us on the cameras. I mean, they were like, dude, we saw y'all out there fussing, bro. We thought y'all about to fight. We were about to come out there and break it up. We're like, dude, it'll never get to that point. Right. Like, you know what I mean? We'd be mad. Dude. I mean, we have issues right. to where we down hard cussing each other out. I don't care. But no way can you come to me while I'm mad at him. And if I say, man, fuck Mike. Yeah, and you I like say you fuck can't, Wayne. Yeah. yeah, but you, you can't, can't say, say fuck Wayne. Yeah, right. you can't no, say that, dude. Indeed. I don't right. care. Even if you sign with me saying, yeah, bro, I don't really be liking that, that nigga act. Huh? I probably would sit there and still be drinking like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. You right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Boy, so, okay. so, right. 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 look, me and K been on stage. Get him away right. from me. We've been backstage, bro. Mad hard fussing. Get on stage, like yes. we walking past each other, you know. Yeah. The crowd never knowing, never like we mad at each other. Probably you know your best saying? shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah but man. we, we did well, our I still thing, walk you know? past him yeah. and say you look stupid, stupid as fuck. Yeah, you stupid. He'll be laughing on stage. You probably think he's laughing at something else, right. but right. I'm really mad, like stupid right. ass. Yeah. Looking at him, man. He like, look at this dumb right. ass. We, we, we did a show recently. Look, we did a show not recently, right? Kango did. We was doing a live band show. Kango doing the show. I told him, I said, man, you do a song. I know. I'm just walking. No. <laughs> we had to extend the show. He do a show, I don't know. I just walk off. He mm. looking at me. He <laughs> so, I'm looking at him like, I ain't, you know, I, like, I, told you. I, ain't, I told you I ain't coming through that. Like, you know, whatever. So we have our differences, but it's never for right. those people. Right, right. right. It's for it's, us. You know? It's our differences. So we established that that, that we, we own Big Boy. Mm -hmm. Right. We we got the UNLV beef brewing. Mm -hmm. And y'all did y'all did three songs on the first Maxi? Yeah, it was a Maxi single. single yeah. what, what, what were the songs that were on it? Ride it was Ride Roller, the, the UNLV disc, and Heron, baby. Yeah. I remember we peed, we 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 peed on the set. Remember oh, that was, we that was our first album. Uh, we used to live on that well, street. We lived yeah. on Six and Six and yeah. We yeah. lived on Six and Barone. Next to the scatter right. site so on one side. Once yeah. we did these three songs, Chuck was like, "We gotta do an album cover on y'all." And we was like, "Best thing, let's go piss on Six and Well, before and we did that, we took a picture with a lot of guns. Right, mm -hmm. we had a lot of gun pictures, and, and we, we was like, like nah, "That ain't really what we want to do." So it was like, "What y'all want to do?" We was like, "Man, we gonna go piss on Six and Barone." And he was like, "Y'all serious?" And Chuckle <laughs> said, "Bring the camera." <laughs> I mean, Sporty yeah. brought us out there. Sporty was like, "Man, y'all serious?" He's <laughs> like, "I'm coming with y'all." A lot yeah. of cats don't give Sporty his credit, man. Sporty, man, Sporty was, was a cool was, cat. Man, Sporty man. was a cool Sporty cat. Was, he was a real brother. Uh, was listening to me, bro. Yeah, when I say, real. bro, Sporty T would give us the shirt off his back, the money from his show, 
and never look back for it and say, here, bro, y'all go do this. Right. You know what I mean? Sporter was that dude in the beginning of our career, took us everywhere he went. Sporter was a road hole. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sporter would get in the van and he'll ride from here to Mississippi and stop at every club they had in that area. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he used to bring us on that road with him just to take that ride to meet these people and show us how right. you know how to get on the street. I respect Sporty. In, yeah. in our early days of Wolfpack Entertainment, our early days of getting into the entertainment business, yeah. mm-hmm. I knew Sporty from dressing. I knew Sporty. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. that yeah. That's what we yeah, do in the walls. That's what we do in the walls. I would run into Sporty in the polo shop in Canal Place. I would right. run into Sporty in the ballet shop. Right, right. right. And, and he would always be like, who is you? Right, right. right. You know, we right. didn't know each other. But we knew respect, each other. Yeah, I respect it. Right, right. And right. that was him. When I told Mr. him I'm from Sulsbury, he's like, Sulsbury? Right. Then I told my new Wayne, and we was Wolfpack Entertainment, and it all kind of blended together. together. Right. Right. right, right. So, so it was just a natural progression from from me knowing him in the streets, right, to seeing to him seeing on him on, seeing him on the stage, right. You know, and, and you say he he, he gave you the stri- uh, the shirt off his back. Man, yeah. Yeah. Shirt off rest his in back, peace bro. to Terrence Vine. Right, that was my brother, bro. There's many times where Sporty saw us in situations, and he'd be like, "Say, bro." Man, here, take this. Uh, you know what I mean? Whatever it is that we needed, he some was always there for us. Yeah, whether he right. was change wise in the beginning of our career, no matter what. So, what, weren't y'all in a group with Sporty T? Well, no. we did the they, we they did, did the, the bounce squad, bounce squad, bounce squad, squad but I thing. wasn't with that. Yeah, it wasn't a group. No? It was like something this. that they was trying to do to put all of us together, and okay. they called yeah. it the bounce squad. I ain't like that because like, they was doing a boot camp clip. That's what I was. Yeah, like. it was a separation. Yeah, they was trying to separate us from that. Uh, that's See, why you gotta like understand it. this. Look, Chuck. So y'all really wasn't boot camp click. No, we wasn't. No, we wasn't boot camp click. So, so let, let's get that. But I didn't want to be bomb right. squad either. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, a lot of people know about Take Four. A lot of people know about No Limit. A lot of people know about Cash Money. Um, Big Boy was huge. Right, like. It hasn't got as much press, right. but it was a very pivotal organization in New Orleans hip hop. Right. right. I mean, if you just think about the artists that were on this label, you right. guys as partners in crime. Right. Um, Mystical. I mean, you got to think Mystical. about it. They were signing uh, deals before anybody else. Right. You know? Fiends. G Slim. Imagine how big G Slim would have been right. if right. he wouldn't have got killed because was, that first right. Force Deuces and Trades album was classic. classic. You can listen to it now. Right, right. And it's still banging. That was right. one of my favorite projects ever. Like, right. and it was the first one. And I think it was such a favorite to me because. It didn't fit a New Orleans mold. Right. Yeah, kind of had a little West Coast, West Coast, Coast right. right? But his bars were—he should have been he a superstar. Hard. He was, right. he was like, going there. He has, he has was going there relatively before bro. he got killed. Right. G was doing um, it, bro. And, and and so I was saying, Big Boy had all of these artists: Ghetto Twins and Fiend and PNC, mm-hmm. uh, Black Menace. Did they have Silky too? Yeah, they had Silky. Yeah, that Slim. was one of the early yeah, releases Silky too. Slim. Silky right. Slim, um, but. Chuck was not from New Orleans. Yeah, he was from he New Orleans. He was originally from New Orleans. They moved to the West Coast. Right. On the West Coast. Grew up right. on the West Coast. Came back to and then came back to New Orleans. And then Rob Shaw was another one of the owners, right? Right. So did Rob and Chuck kind of each have their own artists? No. Because no, I used to always hear people no. say, well, that's Rob artist. Right. Oh, that's Chuck's artist. Right. And I was like, I thought they was big boy artists. No, they were all they were all big boy artists, and Rob worked with everybody. You know what I mean right. on the label, but it, it was a structured thing. Okay, Chuck 
you know, he he's big bankrolling this label. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He didn't want his label to be known for bounce music. He wanted his label Maybe to be known for, as like a West hardcore Coast hip-hop. hardcore hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Label. And he told us that. And I, I got another story to tell you, you know, leading, you know, leading on about that. So uh, he actually told us that. But Rob knew what the money makers were, knew who the money makers were. Right? Okay, okay. So Chuck would put out a Black Menace album, lose a lot of money, but then he'll come right back and drop a Partners in Crime album and make it all back up. Mm-hmm. That was a roller coaster. You know what I mean? It was a roller coaster. Ups and downs. So Chuck always knew that we was his breadwinners. But he just wanted his label to be known for something else. Mm. Ah. But later in life, we realized. we realized that, you know, he really respected us more than we thought right. during that time. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you like this. We worked the roles with Rob, did everything we needed to do. Rob Shaw gave us the game about management. He never, you know, hid anything from us on that level, uh, you know, didn't bring us to shows where he didn't introduce us to people, things like that, mm-hmm. you know. We did, he worked more on the management side of the, of the label. So any shows, anything with the Ghetto Twins, anybody, Rob was booking them. So there was always both of their artists, who, you know. Who, I, I, I know the names of the, the, the artists on the label. Who was mm-hmm. producing? Did y'all have an Precise. Precise. Precise was producing. So this was all He Precise was on the production yeah. side. Precise yeah. on the track, and then Precise uh, was on Dave. Dave, 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 Dave played Dave, 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 So Precise was on the production side. Rob was on the management side. Chuck was the label. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just like any company. Everybody played their positions, you know? But with Chuck not wanting his label to be known for bounce music, Chuck always had a respect for us. I mean, Chuck, so had, did, listen, did, did Chuck had to respect us because we was bringing in the revenue right. without having to spend money. Right, right. You know, he could, we, we put the most albums out on Big Boy Records because we had the biggest turnaround, meaning like mm-hmm. we put an album out, he didn't have to spend a lot of money to make money off Partners in Crime. Because people was waiting for him. They waiting for and, him. And because and it was part remember, of the culture, like remember, I mean, we were making the cultural sound. Independently, of the, of the yeah. we were selling... Thirty to thirty-five thousand just out of our place alone. Right, right. Big right. boy doing its own distributing. Right, and, and they keeping all of that brand. Ten, right. Look, it, you getting a full ten dollars? Right, right. On that sale. On yeah. that sale. Right. They That's not bread. what Big Easy Distributors was doing, or Gonzalez or Southwest. Southwest, right. That's not what they was. You know what I mean? That's not including that. I mean, Big Boy Records alone used to get that shipped the, to the office. Out the trunk. Yeah, that was boxes and distributed in the tr- that was in the office, Out the right. trunk. Yeah, out the, the shows. Yeah, we was getting in, rid of it. Right. So Chuck could lose a hundred or two hundred a quarter million. You know, make it and right come back. right back and say, and drop an album. Like he'll, he'll, album. he'll spend a lot. Of, like if you look at the artwork, you'll see Portland's Aquarium got a black and white cover. You'll see right. us have a cheap looking Everything t-shirt. Everything was cheap, but everybody else had full color right. uh, album right. covers pen and on the shirt, pen but, and pixel. But think, but think about this. During that time, we thinking, man, he don't give a fuck about us. We right. just, so guess what? We got to be about our money too. You but this whole time, we thinking he don't really care. Everybody was telling us like y'all don't need that. Right. Mm. Like y'all getting a bigger return. We was getting bigger royalty checks because we was they mm. didn't spend a lot of money on us. They didn't, to have, put to, they didn't have to recoup. Yeah, they didn't right. have to recoop a lot. Right. So we made more. But and and see, they was telling us like y'all got the best. See, that was gonna be my next question. How was the business side of it? The business we, side of it was rich. We was we was rich. Get on rich. Put it like this: Once yeah. we first read our contract, we were sitting down. We read it first ourselves, right? Because around that time, me and him wasn't trying to go pay no big lawyers. Mm-hmm. We just sat down, put our minds together as two brothers, and said, "Man, we're gonna understand 
what we're reading. If there was a big word that we was in it, up. we actually go to the dictionary and we will find that big word, find out what it mean. You know, that's what we did on our first contract. You right. know what I'm saying? But more, there was one more, thing that stuck out. More people should do that. Just right. my public service announcement. Artists, right, educate right. yourselves. We educate about this right. Business. <laughs> right. Okay, return. So one thing we knew about that contract, Every it said months. every six, six months, months you get an update and a royalty. Royalty check. Yeah, and they had to show us what they sold. Royalty statements. Yeah, royalty exactly. statements. statements. We knew about the mechanical side of everything, how everything maneuvered, right? So when every when that first six month came, we walked in the office and we said we need to see the books. They was looking like for what? They was like, What? What are you talking about? I've heard this story. You and I we we like, no, in our contract, it states that every six months we got to see a statement. So when we got that first statement, Chuck said, man, look, show them. Boom, show them everything. They said, y'all got money, bro. I can't remember how much it was at that time, but it was like, y'all got some money. You know what I mean? That's death. So we did all of the math on everything, and they cut us a check. Hmm. And I think the check had to be a couple of thousand. Was that the first time we went out there? It was the Maxi single. That was the Maxi single. The Maxi single. It was a few little thousand dollars. A thousand dollars or something like that. Because we was just getting our name. You know, I'm still on the bus at this time. I I heard this story before. (laughs) I'm not sure if it was you and I sitting at the bar or maybe Probably you were so not sitting at the car. See, what people listening to this podcast don't realize is they think it's an interview, but this is more like a conversation. Right, right. right. Because we we go so far back. Yeah. You know, I, I've sat down with, with, with Mina, Loren. Mm-hmm. You know, that's his awesome oh ego. My God, that's my polo, dog. dude. Oh, yeah, man. That's man, my man, dude. I forgot, I, I guess it's Rolf Loren. Rolf Loren. 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 That's <laughs> my dude. You know, <sighs> we, we go so back and we've had just conversations outside the music mm, right. like just regular conversations just Life. running it and talking it just right. you know and uh, my man got some good seafood over there by that red light you know yeah. that's that's, that's right, another right, topic right. Right. But just, just I've heard that story before you guys share stories with us because you guys are so accessible right. you know you hear a lot of rappers that you can't see right. a lot of artists that you can't get close to mm-hmm. you know you can catch me and then Popeyes right you know, right. I want to see you. I know exactly where to find you. Right. Right there, you know. I, so mm-hmm. so we've heard these stories, and I know what you guys are saying are truthful. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds like that Big Boy wasn't just a regular label. It was more of a family. Yeah, it was, more, it was more of a family, you know what I mean, oriented thing, oriented, you know, company. But we all had our differences because you got to know we're all young. We're right. all just starting in the business. Chuck was just starting I, in the business itself. I, I'm going to interrupt. How, tell me about... What happened around the time, and how did you guys interpret what was going on, and what did you guys do around the time that Pump the Party was the biggest record in the region? Because it was bigger oh, okay. than New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, it was totally and bigger Mystical, than New Orleans. Right. What was his? He had a record at the same he time. Had, um, yeah, he he, had, was, he was on a we was not, on the same, same album. album. Like it was yeah. on the same album. We, we was used to promote one mystical. Side was our, uh, we were used yeah. to promote mystical. And it became he was a, our opening act. Right. Everybody was pump the pump the party. It was right. doing that. Saint on football game. The band was playing it. Once they had again. the toilet bowl. I, I, right. I was I was so caught up in it. Like yeah, meaning like in it to you know like you know almost like the way you looking at it is from like the outside of it like half. You know, but I was, I'm just speaking on my behalf. Kango may feel different. Mm-hmm. I just was so in it. Like, I was so caught up in it till it felt normal. Mm-hmm. It felt like this was supposed to happen. Right, right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because, because it just when, felt like. When the song hit, bro, you got to understand. We always said, if we have to chase behind a song, 
That ain't working. It ain't, ain't it. it. That ain't you the one. I mean, it ain't it. When we first dropped this song, bro, when I say it was pure pandemonium, it was just something that just kind of like eased. I just right. remember how many times we had to play that song from a back DJ to back standpoint to right. yes. in the club. If you ain't had Pump the Party, right. you wasn't even no real DJ at that right. particular time. Right. And you had to play it several times, times in one night. night. Right. And like, once again, that was G Slim. And we, we were, were in the studio and, at Sound Service. And we were playing it on the radio mm-hmm. like it was getting spins. Right. Um, it is a story behind how Pump the Party yeah. even started. But we're going to get to that. Right. We're going to get to that. But then Mike had a song too, Mystical. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever. What was the, what was the song? I'm not that. Nigga. I'm not that. I'm, I'm not, not that. that I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not that. And I think at that particular time, I remember a radio meeting, mm-hmm. and it was a pick. It, it was right. a pick. Right. Right. Which, they had him on because Big Boy was becoming like this big company, Powerhouse. and they were coming with hits right. and more hits. Not that radio picked, but that the people picked. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. People love Pump the Party. Another set of people like I'm not that nigga. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and right. that was the record. That was a good problem. That, right. That radio actually embraced was, I think, I'm not that nigga. And then yeah. maybe what? Here I go? Yeah. After that came after, 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 yeah. down the line. What was that? What was that when they did the black and white video? That was uh Black and I'm White. I'm not video? that nigga. That was I'm not that uh no, that wasn't I'm not that. It was uh That was the original the first. Yes, yes, yes. The, the average, though. Hood critic? Hood critic. Was that, it? No, that was G Slim. That, that, that was G Quick, quick right there. Yeah, right? that was G Quick. I can't remember I which remember. one it was, but. I, I know your boy shot it. Uh, Will Hart. Will Hart shot it. Shot it in, a, in some warehouse, yeah. empty warehouse. Yeah, it was Black sick. and white, yeah, the was, light. Sick, yeah. That was uh, his first. That was when God. you had the first. The first introduction with Yeah, I can't remember. Call Mystical, man. I got a pause. Yeah. But oh, Mr. Either way it go, man. So it was out of it, it was, and I always wondered, like, wow, what would have happened if, if radio would have pumped the party? The party. Yeah. I think it still would have. Did y'all know that? No, yeah, we, we didn't. Knew, we, well, we found out that it was a part. Rob told down me down the line. Like, I, I knew that it was a toss up, you know, and they chose the mystical song, like, and, and it was literally a toss up, right? Like, what will it be? And I think. That same scenario that you were talking about was part of that decision. Mm. Just like you said, Chuck was like wanting maybe a more more national type artist per se. Right. That made the decision, which is crazy. Well, the mystical decision. Y'all ain't ready. The mind of mystical thing. Right. But this is the thing. Little did you know, he was actually on that same album with us because Chuck didn't want him. Yeah, we we were. He was we, mystical, Mike, at first. But he, was, he didn't he even want to. Chuck they didn't want to drop him. The reason why that song was on our album because we told Chuck we like him. So Chuck yeah. said, "Y'all take him with y'all then." And he was our opening act. Wow. So he was our opening act. So when he did that song, Chuck wasn't about to put him out on that. Right. He said, "If y'all want it, I'll put it on y'all y'all project. On y'all but, project." But you got to realize, no one had never heard anything like mystical yeah, before. Yeah, he was, he was different. Right. I, let me tell you, I had heard it because. We were doing scores at that time. Yeah. We were doing scores. On a Sunday night. We did Sunday nights, which were bananas. And we had Slab early. He was just kind of coming off the porch as a DJ. Mm -hmm. We had Batman as a DJ. And Money Fresh. Right. Early Money Fresh. Money was like an understudy. Right. right? Who gained like a big following from being around us at scores in the warehouse. Soaking it up. And then all this hood stuff he was doing or whatever. But I remember... Um, sitting in front of scores on the Legion Fields, and uh, KL said, I got this artist 
that I'm working with on a parkway mm-hmm. called Mystical Mike. He just got right. out of the service. Right. And I was like, all right, well. Y'all had him I had a I had a old hoopty or whatever. He popped the cassette in and I listened for a minute. I was like, Right. It's all right. It sounded like right. LL. It was different. Right. Like, right. It, his whole flow was LLS, the whole thing. Mixed with Das Effects. Right. And he was saying some New Orleans stuff in his verses. So, I, you know, like, I'm, I'm rep New Orleans all damn Seven Ward. He right. might be up to, what's he, what, 13, he 11 Ward? Yeah, 12 Ward. Mm-hmm, 12 Ward. Right, right. And um, that was my first uh, memories uh, of Mystical then. But I, I didn't see him kind of blowing up blowing the up. way y'all did. And well, I didn't did. know that. They asked y'all to put his song Dude, on y'all. Pri- That's they so They asked crazy. us about that in Popeye's parking lot on Carrollton mm-hmm. and Elho. Uh-huh. Chuck came met us in Popeye's parking lot. And y'all said, agreed man, to do it? Yeah. Yeah, he played, man, I got to play this for Mike. y'all, we, man. We, we believed him. I, I was uh, amazed <clears throat> when I first heard him. Right. You know, he came there. I didn't think, you know, the way he was dressed, I was like, I don't really know what this dude going to do. With them braids. He and, had a braids, yeah. Oh, that that was braids. all the image Yeah, that was all the image He had a little made. Gap hat on, white T-shirt, some True Tones, you know like what I'm saying? Like the song was so popping. He, he was kind of... And, uh, and he went in a boot and, 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 and rapped. And I was like, wow. Like, I was just amazed. He was screaming and hollering. I was like, man, this dude like and then, and then they asked us, like, you know, I don't really know what to do with him. Like, I don't know. You know, and I was like, man, let him come on and roll with us. And we put the, we put his song on the In Our Album. And that's you know, because that's how we was doing it. If like, you look the on next the artist that's coming, it says next artist mystical. mystical. Wow. So you guys it, had your own tour? You guys were, were doing your own We did the shows? Too Hot to Stop tour. We did the Too Hot to Stop tour, but the thing about it was we stayed so busy. When I tell you literally... <laughs> Four to five days a week, we was in it. We was doing something. We was somewhere else. Every day we had to leave and go out of town. So it pretty much like we had more of the juice on Big Boy Records with doing shows mm-hmm. and getting booked and things like that. So it was an easy avenue for Mystical to come along with us. And when we, gotcha. you know, about to start our show, let him go on first, yeah, that, or either let him close. That's what I was getting at. You guys had enough pull to where you can right. bring the yeah, artists yeah, with. Yeah, we right. could bring all this right. with us. Yeah. So Pump the Party was so hot at the time, like you say. What? To where if we brought anybody on that stage and they said, to the, this yeah. Joe Blow, our people, we messing with that. They were going to listen to him until they could get to pump the party. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Until they could right. get to pump the party. But you got to think about how many people heard that and was like, this guy's kind of hot. Like, you he's know a, what I mean? He's animated. And got on to him. Right. Like, and then when he do a show, dude, he started ripping the show so bad to where the people was calling back for him. And, <laughs> and not even us no more. Oh. But you know what was good about what was good about Mike when, when you know when he did his own little thing like far as like when he left No Limit and started doing you know his own thing the mm-hmm. um the album with the, the Jive, album. Jive. Well, he already oh, was, oh, he was Jive, on Jive. Jive. Yeah, I'm saying no it was limit. the album that he, when he left them. Uh, what's the name of the song um, with Pharrell on the beats like uh, uh, Shake It Fast, Shake, Shake It Fast, Shake and all that. When he run. ran on that on that run, he came and got us, and he let us do what we did for him. And he said, "Man, I'm gonna pay this." Oh, and he paid us. Yeah, great. I got married off of Mystical. Mystical showed mad love. great. Showed us mad love. So he took us on the tour, Shake It Fast tour, let us open up, and become his hype man for the on the tour. Wow. And we did so good with him to one point. You know, uh, his shows started getting, you know, lessened or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had to come back home. But then Jive called us mm-hmm. and said, we're going to bring y'all, y'all back, back and out. we're going to pay the extra expense and got us back out there. So he did he, he did an awful lot for us and we thank him and respect wow. him for that. Wow. You know? now, now, Pump the Party was an afterthought song. Yeah. 
Like when you guys, y'all didn't even want to make this song, right? No, G it was, Slim, G Slim, like said, yeah, "What y'all about studio. to go do? Pump the party?" G like, Slim you know, had studio just, time, he was like us mocking y'all. Yeah, he yeah. was like, "What y'all gonna pump the party?" We cut into like, his studio time yeah. at Sound Service about to do. Mm-hmm. because when we got in there, Sice was like, "Hey, bro, we gotta cut it." PNC in here, and you know, amongst all the rest of them, they used to be like. Y'all little man. He ain't going and we just went straight in there and after Sice did the Mantronics, because you know Mantronics was all the stuff back then. With that being said, I mean, I got I to gotta pay homage to Sice. Yeah, Sice was a genius. Yeah, Sice was a genius. bad man. Yeah, he was a bad man. Quick. He was a bad man. He, he did, he, he did all production. All the production. All the production, bro. So. I used to be mad with some and of Dave, Sice's production. man, Dave don't get enough props. <laughs> Dave, yeah, I used to be phone. mad with Chuck, Dave bro. was I the mean, one uh, playing everything. Dave Sice. Mm-hmm. As good as them songs was, you you wouldn't even understand. I used to be in there like, say, bro, I want the Manny Fresh. You know, I, I was looking for something else. And, he, mm-hmm. and besides, was like putting besides the little G-Funk like, whistles chill and all out, stuff. Just chill I'm like, out. I don't really that like that. Thing. Chill you know? out. And, chill but, out. But it was, he made classic stuff. The funky worm sample. I didn't sample. even understand yeah. it. I didn't and hear it. And then he dropped that. Bloop, 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 I ain't hear it. You're like, Lord, that's all right. All right. So we got you on Big Boy. All right. And we got Pump the Party. Mm hmm. What happens next for Partisan Crime? Where do we go from there? We continue uh, dropping albums. We dropped uh, Putting In Work. How many albums uh, do I have, man? We had uh, four, four or five. On, oh, well, on Big we Boy. Had the, yeah, on Big Boy, we had the Maxi single, Pussy in a Can. We had the Partners in Crime album. And then we had the PNC3 three, album. And then we had the, then we had the Putting In Work album. So those were the four albums that we dropped. On Big actually Boy. On in, in, in what? Three years span? That we, that we own. Wait, wait a second. There's two of y'all here. Right. Yeah. But I remember when that was PNC. three. That's, that's how you get PNC three. That's how you get PNC three. Okay, during that time, Mina was going went to, to school. He had went to college in Baton Rouge, so he couldn't take the trip back and forth down. So my cousin Prime used oh. to be in the studio with us. Mm-hmm. Prime had started cutting some songs, so we called Mina and told him that we had started cutting songs. That wasn't sitting right with Mina. Mina, you know, like, that? like man, I gotta get back home, man. You about to cut me out? I'm like, about to get back home. <laughs> so anyway. Mean to come back home. Let me tell you the real. Mm-hmm. I come home. Mm-hmm. I come home like the, we didn't march one time. I come home, and I'm struggling in college, right? You know, I'm out there paying for my own college, like tuition. My mom ain't have it like that, so I'm out there doing my own college thing. I come home. I'm, I'm struggling. Can't go at a block party in Hollywood. I said, he said, what you, "How you doing, Red?" Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. That boy said, "Hold up." Went in his pocket, broke me off a stack of money. Like I'm like. Man, I went home. I went back to school and withdrew. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go to Suno. I'm going to go to Suno. I'm going to get my money. You was in Baton Rouge? I was at Baton Rouge. I was you going to Baton Southern, Rouge. Southern. I was in a band. I played for Southern. Baton Rouge, bro. And that day. Uh, band suit number 127 fit me like a, you know. That day. i never forget that day, too, because uh, we was at the block party, and we did that. And then uh, me and him went to uh, Joe Brown Park. They had something in Joe Brown. You mm-hmm. had on uh, the Tiger shirt with the Kenny Coles and the some shorts. Right? I, I never forget what we be wearing because we, we used to be fresh. That's they you know what I mean? We used to be fresh. Was, yeah. That's what kind of attracted me uh, to you. I said, right. man, them well, cast they fresh. What were the songs on, on PNC3? 
PNC three was uh, that made him come back. Home. Thank you, Miss Lily. Pump the pump. You know, thank you, Miss Lily. I ain't on that song. That's right. Tango and Prime. That's, that's, that's Prime. one of my heard that was like, I'm coming home. Coming right, home. Right. Yeah. The, the, the thousand dollars made me come home, and then hearing the song, right. I was like, they, the they ain't gonna need me right. if I stay out here. Right. Right. Coming back. You so know? we did the blunt is mine. Yeah. Um, that was the that was like yeah, a skit really yeah yeah it was like a little skit on there but we had the uh, same songs we had Rod and Rolling I Don't Love Them on there a couple of other ones you know um, I can't really did we have Gucci's no we had no, Gucci's Gucci that came later that yeah, was putting, putting in work, work. No, yeah, this is a question thing. everybody asks who is Miss Lily well, Miss Lily is who actually who is Miss Lily that's actually my late aunt man in the neighborhood in the neighborhood she sold Huckabucks or something? Uh, I mean, she was just a good person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? She was just a good person in the neighborhood, man. She took care of everybody. So thank you, Miss Lily. Mean, real thank love. You. So thank you, Miss Lily. You know what I mean? <laughs> thank you, Miss Lily. That, that too. That but, too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, long story short, man, like I said, you know, we were the, the breadwinners for Big Boy Records. Mm-hmm. And during that time, we thought, like, he really didn't right. care about us, but That's once we time, once we finally left Big Boy Records, and um, Chuck had a couple of problems of his own. He went and did a little time and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Man, Chuck came home, and I never forget. He knocked on my door, and I was like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, you know what I mean? He walked up to the door and we was like, look, go. He said, man, I just come home from jail, bro. He said, I wanted to come to you and to tell you, I apologize to you. So I was like, for what? He like, man, all of the years that I had my record company, he said, I looked at you guys as if y'all was just, you know what I mean? Some normal bounce guys were really, yeah, he said, the bounce really, dudes. Yeah, he said, really, once I sat down and thought about it, bro, my loyalty should have been with you dudes because y'all stayed loyal to me. Even when I told y'all I didn't want my yeah. label to be known for bounce, y'all still continued every time I called y'all. Y'all mm. still came in that That's studio. That's self-belief, though. Yeah, in that studio, made it happen, bro, and, like, stood up to me. Right. Up, as of today, at that point, he was like, y'all are the only guys that actually stood yeah. up to me for what y'all wanted. Right. Yeah. He's like, y'all was getting royalty checks when nobody, nobody else, else was, was getting, getting royalty checks. That's what broke you know the what label mean? up, like, actually. I'm about to ask, what, what, right. what was the demise of, of Big Boy Records? Uh, like I said, it was... Really, the big four in New Orleans. Right. Take four, big boy, no limit cash money. That was the big four. Right. Well, they so had, had right. other labels it was. too, but it that, was was big, that was the big four, right. But uh, we had somebody in the label that didn't want us to tell other label mates that we was getting the royalty check. And that was something that didn't sit so right with that us. That was the demise of the yeah, label. A lot of people, what happened? Get, a lot of people right. wasn't getting royalty checks. We we were right, you know, because we asked for ours. So anyway, we probably wouldn't have got ours either if we weren't asking. But we asked, and right. um, they knew we knew, so they gave us ours. Right. So, so let that let that what you just said be a lesson to these newer artists. Yeah, man. Don't you let nobody divide business, y'all right? like that, man. If you know somebody that you're on the label with. And you feel like they putting in their hard work just as much as you. This this was the real songs. this was the real problem though. Mm-hmm. You know they already had divided us by making it the boot camp click and, and the bounce squad. Mm-hmm. So with them feeling some kind of way, and I'm like, well, I ain't telling them nothing. Like y'all feel like y'all know what y'all doing. Y'all so rocking with this. Then let they us be the bounce. Like well, let us be though. the let us be the bounce squad. We gonna keep bouncing, and making this money, and shining on y'all, and y'all can think what y'all want. Mm. I'm not telling y'all bills, nothing. Yeah. So when <laughs> so by I, this time we pulling up in cars. Yeah, not not this time. Cars. It's not just no no fly clothing in one car. Right, right, right. right. It's, it's, it's fly clothing in cars. Right, right. You know what so I mean? So we pulling up. 
And, 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 you know, I wanted my money. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, one thing I was always about was my paper. So it came a little time where Precise asked to, you know, we got a royalty check. And he was like, look, let me keep five grand of it. And out of that five grand, you know, if y'all don't sell records in the next six months, at least you'll have five grand in the hole. I'm like, cool. We sold records. Mm-hmm. So I come back, they give me a royalty statement, boom, they pay us. I get. I tell Kango was Kango we wasn't even the there yet. Like, I wasn't there I, I, yet. I'm, I'm there arguing. I'm, I always was like on the money. Like, look, mm-hmm. give me. So they giving us the money. I made them split our money up because right. at one time they used to try to give me the check because I was the oldest. The taxes, but I knew like, like no. I'm not gonna be paying the taxes on all this money. You gonna give him his check and whatever. They didn't want to give Prime a check because they say Prime wasn't. He wasn't officially a member of us. Uh, uh, so, of the label. Label. so we paid, so we him, paid out him out of our money. money. You know everything yeah. that happened from that point with Prime, we took we, care we took of care of it. I heard a story about Prime. Prime mm-hmm. said he didn't want to rap because he didn't like the record business. Well, yeah, he didn't. He said it was too too it scandalous. Was too scandalous like, and he felt too like, man, I've been went to jail for fucking up some hurting one of these dudes yeah. behind my money, like you know right. what I'm saying. So with, with Big Boy, you know what I'm saying. I went to get a check. Got the, you know, they gave me a check. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this that money, but where the five grand at? Chuck was like, what five grand? Chuck didn't know that Sice held the. I five was like, grand man, Sice kept five G's for me. That like, ain't in this. So you mm. go call Sice, go call Sice, Sice, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. I'm, I'm still fussing at Chuck because I always had a problem with Chuck. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's love, it was a love-hate relationship. It's like, yeah. I spoke up to him a lot, you know, and I didn't care if he had money. So I'm fussing, man, I want my money, I want my money, I want my money. So he walk off, so when he walk off, I say something disrespectful to him. That, that was real disrespectful. Dude come back. I ain't really look at sites like that. I'm like, man, get out of my face. Chuck, get my money. Get my point. He, he, he snuck me. Mm-hmm. We fight. Boom, boom, boom. Chuck like, man, get a dude his money. So how much we owe him? Yeah, give me my five grand. He gave me five grand. When, I, when, I, when, when, when Sice snuck me, he broke my jaw. Yeah. I didn't know my jaw was broke at the time. Kango pull up. Look, I got our money. Here, this, this gonna be your half. Like, whatever, like, whatever, whatever. Something don't Go feel right. Something right. Find out my jaw broke. Boom. Jaw was broke. So, Get wired up, you know. I was a man, bro. Like right. size, some ugly shit could have happened to size at that time, you know. But being real as I was, I was like, man, look, mm-hmm. I disrespected that man. So out of right. disrespect for that man, that. I gotta accept right. my lips. Don't touch come. this dude. Don't right. bother him. Don't mess with him. That was on me. And I, right. whatever happened, happened, right? right? So, so me and size got back cool, you know. The, so label, the label at the, that point, the label was everybody else on the label. Was, was like, like what happened? What were y'all yeah. fighting over? Mm-hmm. over and royalty. at that time, we're like, look, we fighting over our royalty, royalty. money. So now you have people like Mystical Black Men and royalty. everybody else like, yeah, they man. looking like, what y'all talking like, what about? You talking about? We thought all our money was coming from and shows. And we like, no, you think we buying these cars and stuff just off of shows? Wow. And they're like, wait a minute, y'all been getting checks? So we meet by Mystical House, right? And we just telling the whole story. So Mystical like, they gave me my money. I'm like, no, no they, they gave you your money for signing with Jive. They gave you your money for signing with Jive, but they but never gave the money that you made before you got to Jive. Wow. So, so when he called Chuck and asked him about it, Chuck owed him like a hundred and something grand. Yeah, 125 grand. They had a lot of them that yeah. they owed money to. So it started like, you know, everybody started going at him for their money. We was like, you know, we ain't messing with our contract was up. Yeah. So was I was done. like, I ain't signing back with y'all unless you give me a million. You know, well, I said five hundred thousand. Chuck said, I'll give you the five hundred thousand. Kango was like, no, no. you gonna give me a million. million. 
He all ah, got a million. No, no what he said was it was a million. It was a million. A million. Oh, I, I was saying it was five hundred. I said a million. He was saying a million. So Chuck, you know, because I know they had it. Like right. the company was worth one point something million in a newspaper yeah, at the time. So I'm like, you got five hundred. We bought bulk bulk of the money we brought to y'all. Mm. So at the end of the day, give me five hundred of it. Kango was still just like he was younger. I, was I want a million. Younger. I, I could have. We could have probably. He said we could have never got. Chuck said, "Get out the phone." So you <laughs> wanted five hundred thousand. I say I. I didn't. I wanted a million too, but I would well, take the five hundred. You. Like, I would take the five hundred because I felt like that was something we could possibly right. get. And I was just being an asshole. And, and it was negotiable because right. I was dealing with numbers. You know, mm. at one time I was the one getting the royalty checks. You know, knowing what they owe us the whole nine. So with that being said, I was like, we was worth. You know, the million was something that we would probably be worth, but at the time, the five hundred thousand was something was more we reasonable. Was worth. Yeah, we really was worth that. Could have got that. We was getting royalties, and I'm like, I just made you six hundred grand. Mm -hmm. I just made you three hundred thousand dollars. Like I mm -hmm. knew, I, my arguments with Chuck was like, yeah, you giving me this thirty grand, but I know I just made you three hundred. Ten percent. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Thirty-five thousand times pennies. ten. I, I used to be knowing yeah, the numbers. Thousand times right. ten. Yeah, you giving right. me pennies off this, but 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 you ain't gonna do nothing to me. Because right. I'm valuable to you. I bring you 600 grand. I'm bringing you 300 grand every six months. Mm -hmm. So I can talk to you how I won't talk to you. Because on the same level, that's my value. That's some bargaining power. So did y'all get the money? We got no, our. We, no, we, we, no, we didn't we get, get that we money. We didn't do the deal. We didn't do that deal oh, with them. So in order for you guys to stay on the label, you guys said we need, we need 500. Yeah. Up front. Y'all ain't get it. We didn't, we didn't do it. the deal. Y'all We didn't get it because we, we didn't get it because we already had plans of starting our oh, own label. Right. Crime which lab. went to yeah, it was Crime Lab. But before then, to get back to what you were saying about that meeting in the room, once we had that meeting and everybody wanted to know what the fight was about, and we told them about the royalty checks, at that point, now you have Fiend. Mm -hmm. You have mystical, right. you know what I mean. You have uh, insane, right. you know. You have a couple of other people that Tim Smooth was doing writing. Tim Smooth was doing, Tim Smooth was Tim doing a lot of writing. writing. I think Tim was there too. Tim was there at that time too. Once they found out about the royalty checks, now everybody's coming at Big Boy about but they, money. They, they wanted their issue yeah. too, right? So now, even with that five hundred you asking for, I ain't giving y'all shit now because y'all didn't went told them, and now they all right. at my back I door. I told y'all don't tell these you know people what I mean? like what's going on. Yeah, right. you know, you know. So. So that was the demise. That was the demise. So the did demise. everybody jump ship at that time? I mean, yeah, well, Mystical, that, well, Mystical that, went to No Limit. No, before he went to No Limit, right. Miss, the deal was offered on the table from Rap-A-Lot. rap, -a -Lot. rap -a -Lot wanted oh, yeah, three right. of the powerhouses right. from Big Boy, which was going to be Mystical, Partners of Crime, and the Ghetto Twins. Okay. You know, so we was going to go do the deal with Rap-A-Lot. You know what I'm saying? Rap-A-Lot offered us some money. Rap-A-Lot you know, upper level. Yeah, they paid, they, they sent us 20 bands, and we sent them a contract back, uh, Print it. Print it with no, uh, we printed our name yeah, on the contract. Yeah, I'm like, we ain't signing it. this. We're going to print it. Then we printed Which it. we knew it was going to be void. Okay, we're incriminating the, ourselves, but we we printed it very awkwardly. Yeah, you know what I mean? As to where it's not really a they signature. Ain't that printed you know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> the thing about it is, upper level, Sice was doing the deal with Rap a Lot during mm -hmm. this time, and it right. was supposed to be upper level records. Now, we was actually going to drop New Orleans Block Party. On upper level rap a lot. That's why you hear upper level upper. take four. Now you know yeah. I go right. representing the south for sure. Upper level. Mm -hmm. A yeah. lot of people always like, who's upper level? That's the label that we was actually going to drop it on, which was going to be Precise's label. label. Mm -hmm. right. But then we found out that that wasn't going to be a good look for us. So we Sice went to get money from for us from rap a lot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In order to put the album out. 
But once we learned that out, once we found out, you know, more business, you know, the business wasn't right for us, we decided not to sign that deal, although we had did we did receive the twenty thousand. So yeah, we were supposed to get fifty, right? And you know, at the time, and they sent twenty. And that's the reason why it was just printed because I felt like send me the fifty. You still didn't have the rest plane. of the money. Yeah. yeah, just send me the fifty, man. Yeah. You know, the twins had got their fifty. Miskel, you know, he had wound up going to, uh, to no limit. To no limit. Fiend. Just give me my fifty, like. Fiend you know, went and, to no limit. They, they sent me twenty, <clears throat> and I'm knowing the twins, and they telling me like, how much? They, I mean, I'm we asking them like, how much they gave you? Well, they gave us fifty. I want fifty two. Right, like, like right. we got, we make hits. Like you know, what I'm saying, I want fifty from you. Like, so you know? that that became the end of it, right? Yeah, there. that was, that was like, a wrap. Like, that was yeah. it. That was, that was it. And and then this upper level deal didn't necessarily work out for you guys in your favor. No. Nah. So we decided and, to do our own thing, okay. Crime Lab. That's where we started our own label. And you know, I think at this point we've covered a lot of ground. Right. Uh, this has to be a two parter. Mm -hmm. Has to be. Like, cause there's. And we just scratching Life the surface. after Big Boy we was be here so all day. many things that you guys we did. But we'll be here all day, but I want to be here all day. Right. Because I really think like it's important to let these stories um, get out and be manifested in a, a, a full way. Right, right? right. Because like mm. a lot of folks don't know these stories. Right, and man. our goal with the Wild Wayne Unchained podcast is that we control the narrative. Right. right. I want to be able to tell these stories uh, on this podcast versus somebody in Minnesota or yeah. somebody in New York or somebody coming right from way. Europe, right? right? Right. That has heard the the myth of partners in crime right. or right. understands the influence that you guys have had. Right. So let's do a part two for this. Yeah. <laughs> it gets even juicier. And they've yeah. done so much more right. uh, with life after Big Boy, fostering new artists, raising right. families, right. making real money, mm. bigger tours. Right. Uh, uh, businesses like shutting down a whole Super Bowl, like yeah, all right, kind right, of right, stuff, right, which right. made news headlines globally. Right. Uh, they never cease to amaze me, uh, not only as uh, artists uh, and entrepreneurs, but uh, two good men from New right. Orleans as well. So y'all, y'all keep it right there. We'll be dropping part two very, very soon. Um, make sure catch this one send it to your friends make some comments if you was a part of some of them things cause yeah. people were, were part of some of these yeah, things right. they might have been at the Big Easy that yeah, night when y'all when y'all wreck shop right. uh, somebody might have seen you jumping out that window right. and just didn't tell your mama right, right, uh, right, right. but uh, we'll we'll be back with more partners in crime uh, and, and many more obviously right here on Wild Wayne Unchained there you go Kango Slim Thank you for listening to the Wild Wayne Unchained Podcast. Make sure and follow us on social media at Wild Wayne Unchained. And for advertising or sponsorship opportunities, contact us at wildwayneunchained at gmail.com. Oh, 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 oh,